This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Welcome to Invest Talk. This is a series by The Straits Times podcast channel, Your Money and Career. At Invest Talk, we talk money matters and all things related to investing. We want to give you that extra edge in managing your hard-earned money. I'm Lee Su Shen, Associate Editor at The Straits Times. Joining me in the studio for this episode is Lee Chi Wee, who is the Chief Executive at Precepts Group International. Precepts Group provides comprehensive planning for estate and trust administration for individuals and families, as well as wealth succession planning. Glad to have you on our show, Chiwi. Glad to be here for your podcast on a topic close to my heart. In this episode, we will look at trusts as part of overall estate planning. Very often, people think it's only the extremely wealthy who will set up a trust. If you think about it, by 2030, about one in four Singaporeans will be 65 years and older. That's everyone born in 1965 and earlier. That will mean more people who will need to perform some form of estate planning. Another factor is the rising levels of wealth. More people are holding more money in their CPF accounts. They need to nominate and decide who they want to give their CPF savings to. Or, with the rising property prices, someone who owns just one HDB flat will have an estate of at least a few hundred thousand dollars. There are definitely more people who will need to look at estate planning. A trust structure can be suitable for various scenarios, and it's something we'll look at later. Chiwi, perhaps we can start with this question first before we dive into trust. What should be my considerations as I plan for my estate? We would look at several aspects. There ought to be a robustly drawn up original will that will be retrieved to ensure that the estate will be probated smoothly and not be caught up in any costly legal tangles. In this connection, we see a demand for professional executorship for the independent administration of the estate. The executors need to comprehensively locate all the estate monies at the financial institutions, gather the properties, the company shares, whether in Singapore or elsewhere. If there are loans and taxes and other payments, they will have to be paid for timely to minimise wealth leakages. With assets like real estate, there are aspects like stamp duties and ABSD to be grappled with. While the general rule is that there is no impact of stamp duties with inheritance of real estate, issues can surface later that impact the status of the beneficiaries in their property count when they look to acquire their own residential properties. You don't want the inherited properties to be sold by your beneficiaries untimely or below market to resolve such stamp duty issues. Next, to have the flexibility to provide for beneficiaries depending on their circumstances when the time comes. Should demise happens when the beneficiaries are young and financially immature, it is important that distributions of significant amounts to them are delayed for protection of wealth. This is where the discussion may shift towards the setting up of trusts, a topic today that is not just privy to the very wealthy 
unlike a decade ago. With more trust company service providers that are available, professional trust services are accessible to mass affluent clients. But I already have a will and an executor. Isn't it too much of a hassle to also set up a trust? There are separate considerations. In one respect, the will can be seen as the instrument to distribute the estate quite soon after death or over a short or medium term. But the trust is used for longer-term wealth distribution and protection, where the funds could persist long after maintaining the lives of the immediate family members. Trusts are useful where beneficiaries may be young and immature, old and vulnerable, or have special needs, or even mentally incapacitated. So it is certainly worth the effort to explore use of trust, depending on the size of the estate or the situation of the beneficiaries. Could you elaborate a bit more? You mentioned beneficiaries who are young and financially immature. How would a trust help? Well, it makes sense to keep the wealth distributed to young beneficiaries over a longer period of time than to give the wealth outright soon after death of the client. Quick wealth in the hands of the beneficiary could be dissipated in a short while and also distract them from important aspects like getting a proper education or getting their careers going. So in planning for such beneficiaries, you could say that while they are below, say, 25, the trust funds are only available to support their education and daily maintenance needs. After that, you could say that they receive certain monies at certain milestones. For example, like their 30th birthday, the occasion of their marriage, or even when they start their families. Ah, Jiwi. So perhaps in the case of CPF savings, how would a trust be useful? Can you discuss what would be some of the considerations? Yes. With more and more Singaporeans leaving larger amounts in their CPF accounts on their demise, this has gained prominence and it makes sense to do a nomination of their CPF funds into a simple trust to avoid unnecessary risks. For example, the beneficiaries may be vulnerable. Many people nominate their spouses, but they forget that by the time their spouses receive the money, that person could just be as old and vulnerable, and they could be easily scammed, or there might be some undue influence from others. There could also be concerns on their mental capacity at the point of their demise. Another example, the beneficiaries could be financially immature. So if you're going to leave like half a million dollars to your beneficiaries from your CPF funds, and they are not used to handling big sums of money, that could result in squandering everything within a short period of time. Another example, when you appoint a trustee in a trust deed, you also ensure that the monies that are meant for your beneficiaries would be safeguarded for them. And if there is any abuse, the beneficiaries also have legal recourse for a breach of any fiduciary duty. Another aspect is when the beneficiaries may be below 18. When that happens, the CPF monies for young persons such as a person below 18, the monies will be placed with the public trustee's office and the public trustee will only allow a partial release if the guardian can prove 
that there is significant financial hardship. Right, Chiwi. Most Singaporeans now own property. So regarding stamp duty and ABSD, could you now elaborate on how these taxes become an issue when it comes to estate planning? The common pitfall that could happen is that when the deceased leaves his residential property to be divided among his family members, while there is no issue of stamp duties when an individual inherits any property, the problem emerges soon after that. For example, the beneficiary who inherits, say, a 25% share of his deceased parent's property may be a newlywed. He may be looking to buy his first residential home with his new wife. But because of his inherited interests, under the ABSD rules, it makes him the owner of one property count, even if that was only a fractional interest of 25%. So that family member would have to pay ABSD of 17% on his first residential purchase. That's certainly not a good way to start his marriage. So he might want to sell or transfer his 25% share to his other family members if they are willing. And this could be quite tricky depending on the family situation. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the beneficiary would not be able to apply for a HDB BTO flat. He would have to divest his share before he would be allowed to apply. Yes, the HDB has rules for first-time buyers. And owning another property via inheritance causes the complications. If the young beneficiary is unable to divest his ownership, he would have to go for private property, which is certainly more expensive, and also pay ABSD on it. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. Let's get back to the conversation with my guest, Lee Chi Wee, Chief Executive at Precepts Group International. Now, Chiwi, we've discussed some of the situations where a trust might come in useful, where the beneficiary is young and or financially immature. What about those trusts for those with special needs? In Singapore, we have the SNTC Trust. That's a permanent professional body that manages and administers funds only for special needs persons. As the costs of the trust set up under SNTC are subsidised by the Ministry of Social and Family Development, fees are low. For example, annual fees for maintaining the trust after the subsidy can be as low as $40. The minimum sum to set up a trust is only $5,000 and it invests in low-risk income earning products where the principal value is guaranteed by the government. What are your thoughts about these trusts? Yes, it does solve a social need and this is the concern of parents with special needs children. The kids need lifelong maintenance beyond the lives of their parents. The SNTC is one provider. With us, we have trust structures that dovetail with the SNTC trust. For example, we have clients where they have normal children, but with one child having special needs. So the trust administered by us has the SNTC trust as a beneficiary. With the situation that we could transfer funds across to it should there be a requirement in the future, very much like a top-up. 
Chiwi, some final thoughts from you on how one should go about approaching estate planning. Please sum up again why trusts may come in useful. I would say that people should pay as much attention to estate planning as they would with their financial insurance and retirement planning. In this respect, your insurance or financial advisor is often the best persons who could uh, look holistically at both the financial and legacy planning aspects. On trust, more and more people are looking at it, not necessarily the very high net worth families. For many mass affluent families, we see many people leaving behind estates from $2 million to $8 million that comprises of their investments, the payout from insurance policies, the CPF money, and the real estate that they leave behind. For that kind of money, having a trust to distribute funds over the long-term period is all possible. For one deceased client who left around $6 million, the distribution to his family members was worked out to stretch for some 25 years. This was much better a plan than his original idea to give away all his money when he died. So that's it from us. It is important to think about how to manage the funds that you are passing on to the next generation. There are considerations such as tax, as well as how to structure the income payouts so that the beneficiaries cannot spend all the money in one go. Trusts are a structure where you can leave your instructions and they will be carried out. Thanks very much for your insights, Chiwi. Glad to be here. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Invest Talk, a series by the Straits Times podcast channel, Your Money and Career. I'm Lee Sushan. If you'd like to read my column, there are links in our podcast text description. Happy investing. That was a podcast by the Straits Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the Audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.